Wow. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse was directed by Joaquim Dos Santos, Justin K. Thompson, Kemp Powers, and was written by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller and David Callahan, and stars Shamik Moore, Haley Steinfeld, Jake Johnson, Oscar Isaac, Isa Rae, Daniel Kaluuya, Karen Sani, Jason Schwartzman, Brian Tyree Henry, and Luna Lauren Velez. After reuniting with Gwen Stacy, Miles Morales, Brooklyn's full-time friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, is catapulted across the multiverse where he encounters a team of spider people charged with protecting its very existence. But when the heroes clash on how to handle a new threat, Miles finds himself pitted against the other spiders and must redefine what it means to be be a hero so he can save the people he loves most. Hey everyone, one of my most anticipated movies of the year, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, is finally here. As most of you know by now, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is what I have come to now definitely believe is the best Spider-Man movie of all time. The first time I watched it, I absolutely loved it, but I don't think I held it in quite that high of a regard until I kept watching it and watching it. And every time I get more out of that movie than I did before. I watched it again just a couple of days ago on Sunday, and right before seeing this movie, I felt like watching it again. Now, I watch Across the Spider-Verse almost 24 hours now, and I wrote this review... 12, 14 hours ago. But I decided to wait and record this, and I decided to sit on it a little bit to see how my thoughts can maybe evolve, maybe think of stuff that I didn't think of right away. Because this film made me feel unlike I have walking out of the theater in a really long time. And that's that seeing something that I had never really quite seen before, and it just left me speechless and mind-blown, really, in every way imaginable. It's really hard to describe. But... Leaving the theater, I just felt this sense of just wonder and just awe that I don't really experience much anymore. And obviously there have been other films I've loved this year and last year and the year before and ever since I've started this show. But since I've started Movie Morning, I really don't think I've encountered a movie that's left so much of a mark on me afterwards because of what it's done for the medium and this form of entertainment as much as Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. By the end of this film, and as most of you have probably heard, it does end on a cliffhanger. I was shook leaving the theater in every way. And I really want to, I really don't want to get too hyperbolic right off the bat. But the first Into the Spider-Verse was such an innovative piece of of an animated film. This movie is also a very innovative animated film. But it had retained all the heart all the emotion and everything that I loved about that movie and just did everything tenfold. Now, does that necessarily mean it's better than Into the Spider-Verse? I'll get into that more at the end of this review, but it absolutely, as a sequel, is everything that you could possibly imagine from a sequel, the maximum amount that you could want. I was at a loss for words at the end of this movie. This film as a whole is just an indescribable experience. So much is pulled together so well. And I felt every emotion possible. So let's get into discussing this movie in detail, but without spoilers. I will not be giving any spoilers away, but there's a lot to get spoiled about. And I recommend going to see this very soon. And please go support this movie opening weekend. And please go see this movie in theaters. Don't wait for it to come on streaming. This will undoubtedly be one of the most memorable theatrical experiences of your life. 
do not mi miss out the opportunity for that. The first thing that I need to mention is that this is a very different sequel to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It's a very different movie, I should say. That first sentence didn't quite make any sense. But this film has a mostly new writing team with Phil Lord being the only carryover from the first film. And obviously, Lord and Miller have always been the main creative forces behind these movies. Some of the most creative guys working in the business. But Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, as well as David Callahan, all three wrote this movie. And when it comes to the directors, they changed the entire directing team. Because Lord and Miller, as they've said in interviews recently, were so devoted to making a movie that would make people feel as surprised and as shocked with what how far a comic book film and animated film could go in terms of doing so much new that they, again, they wanted to make this movie as different as possible and give people that same experience, but not in the way of giving them the same movie. And they absolutely succeeded in creating a sequel that is not a retread, that's very different, has a darker tone. It is a continuation of the first film. It, there's a lot of plot points that continue on here. And I was actually surprised how much tied back into the events of the first film. It's way larger in scale. It's not even close. And it has an established Miles Morales as Spider-Man. Now, I don't know if this, the trailers for this movie have revealed how long this takes place after Into the Spider-Verse. But I'm going to say that enough time has passed where Miles has now been fully embraced as uh, New York's, or I guess mostly Brooklyn's Spider-Man. I think it is New York as a whole, though. But obviously we're still focused on a lot of like the same neighborhood we were in the first film. And when it comes to Lord and Miller's way of storytelling and writing, there's just a sense of style to absolutely everything. And the obvious place to begin with this, discussing this movie specifically is in the animation, because this movie is the most innovative, creative, imaginative, just every word imaginable to describe beautiful animation, all of that applies to this movie. It is absolutely unbelievable that they managed to pull something this crazy, this comic booky. Like, I never imagined anything like this. This ambitious from an animation standpoint happening. Like, this is a this is movie is a graphic novel, but the most insane watercolor heavy like wide in range of what it, how it looks like, graphic novel you've ever read, put onto the big screen times 10. Like there are so many different styles, so many different looking characters, so many different locations, so many different art styles. There's, I can't even begin to describe the amount of unique animation and look to absolutely everything and so much care put into it all. It's not just like a bunch of black dots in the background that you can vaguely tell our humans everything feels perfectly animated this film i can definitively say has the greatest animation for any hollywood movie ever and it's not like i've seen every hollywood animated movie ever but i promise you there has been nothing like this again like i said each individual universe has its own unique but still vibrant and still fun to look at animation style that's popping with so much style and character it teaches you so much about that universe this movie feels like a comic with each artist kind of drawing each of their individual characters or each of the different settings and just looking at a few specific ones like spider gwen's world they haven't shown it much in the trailers but it's a very watercolor watercolor heavy 
world. And the coolest thing about it is that the way it's lit and the colors reflect kind of the mood of the scene and the characters. It's absolutely beautiful. And it's the way the movie starts. You'll get notice it very quickly. The scenes with the spot have this very haunting feel. They have more fluid animation than the rest of the movie. And I think the most distinct character in terms of the way they were animated was Spider-Punk, voiced by Daniel Kaluuya, who is the most different we've ever seen him. And, or I guess heard him. And his character is so crazy in the way he's animated. That's really the only way to describe him. He, he's constantly, he's way more, I guess, there's a lot of movement in his character occurring compared to the background. There's changing colors on him, but he always fits in. And I thought that was just such a remarkable integration of the different styles whenever he's on screen. I mean, just this movie is just gorgeous, dynamic, but it's chaotic in the most beautiful way imaginable. Every frame in this movie is just a work of art. Like, I, if anybody forced me to put a frame for the, from this movie up on my wall, and I, I say forced, like, I wouldn't want to do it. I obviously would. But, and if they had to choose for me, I wouldn't mind. Because any shot in this movie is the best-looking thing we've ever seen in animation. Like, I genuinely mean that. This movie takes the medium of animation to the furthest we've ever seen. And there's just so much to chew on, so many hidden details and real-life kind of movement details. Like, even little things like when the spider, one, of the, one of the spider people, specifically Gwen, is going to hang upside down, she takes the time to tie her hair because that's what, that's what would happen. Even little details like that are noticeable. And I just find it insane they were able to pull that off. And there are just so many amazing deep cut spider references that I don't know how general audiences are going to feel comfortable with how much they've actually missed in this movie. This film has the best use of multiverse in movies at all. It, it, it does what the MCU has been doing with the multiverse, but 50 times better and in a more creative way. And I think that's partly because of the medium Probably because Lord and Miller are just create such creative minds and they really know what they're doing. I mean, I would say when it comes to the Spider People, some of the standouts for me were Spider-Man India and Spider-Punk. Again, voiced both very well. And they also just have a very different flavor to their humor. And I imagine that it's going to play very differently with different crowds around the world, which is one of the best things about movies. That I think he's a lot of people are going to love them. And some people are going to be like, I didn't quite get what they were going for with those two characters. Ben Riley, one of the most, one I would say one of the biggest jokes in the Spider-Man world in terms of characters, even he's used pretty well, and I actually think there there might be more for him to do in the next movie, and I'm really curious to see where they're going to take him. He's not in much of the movie, don't get me wrong, but I like that the Scarlet Spider got some time to shine, and this is very much a sequel that deals with the consequences of Into the Spider-Verse. Again, it's wild with its cameos, but it uses the multiverse and its easily fragmented nature and as well as how interconnected it is to create large stakes. It's, again, very much a sequel. It is the and has the most imaginative and exploitive bit use of the multiverse I think we've ever had while being creative and not nostalgia riding, which I think is a danger that a lot of multiverse movies have fallen into and a lot more of them will fall into but this film does not i've actually heard a few reviews say that this movie prioritizes cameos over story and i have no idea what movie they watch i genuinely don't think you can leave this movie
feeling that with the exception of like one sequence and which has been shown heavily in the trailers and there's just so many funny nods to previous spider people but it's always in the background and something more important to our characters what our characters are doing is always happening in the foreground and it's really if you go that extra mile pay attention you will be rewarded when it comes to this movie this is just an action-packed chaotic quick-paced ride this is a two hour and 20 minute film that feels like it's in half it's half an hour long i could not believe that when the movie ended i had experienced the two and a half two hour and 20 minute film it is unbelievable how well paced this film is and going right along with how quick it is i think a big part of what made it so thrilling was daniel pemberton's incredible score it's a very roller coaster ride style score there's it's heavy on the percussion a lot more than the first film and it's just constantly playing but it's always memorable and there's so many tracks from this movie that i can still imagine hearing for the first time but just to hone that point home i mean just as a spider-man fan i never imagined seeing what a, a lot of what i saw in this film brought to the big screen like it was just an unbelievable mind-blowing experience that i think all, all spidey fans just aren't really going to be able to grasp on first viewing and i can't wait to see this movie again in a day or two this film does have a darker tone than the first and i think a lot of people are going to be turned off by that i think it's definitely necessary for the story that the first one set up as well as what they're now telling spot as a villain in the way the way he's visualized like you think he'd kind of be a jokey character and they absolutely do make fun of that and play on that but you can kind of see the wheels turning at a point in the movie and really delving deep into what the character happens and what how he was created but the heart of these spider-verse films is absolutely unmatched and it is still the best part of this these movies as much as i love the animation and how creative it is and again what it does for the medium and just film as a way of storytelling while all that is true what makes these films and what i don't even think enough people are talking about with across the spider-verse because everyone's referencing the insane animation it's one of the favorite looking movies of all time every every frame is a work of art all of that is true but it's only as noticeable as it is and it only sticks with you as much because of the heart of these movies. There's such a clear love and understanding of what it means to be a Spider-Man that every time I think about these movies, it honestly makes me baffled with how much better they are compared to all of the live-action movies we've had. Now, obviously, there's tons of live-action Spider-Man movies. I well, like Spider-Man 2, the first original Tobey Spider-Man, Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man No Way Home. But it's absolutely insane to me that probably the two best Spider-Man movies were told in the me through the medium of animation, a medium that a lot of people look down upon. And when it comes to people just talking about animation and just dismissing it as for kids, these Spider-Verse movies to me, even though they're they might not be my num even though none of them are my number one favorite animated movie of all time, which is still The Lion King, that might change in the future. Who knows? They are the movies I point to for anyone who still dismisses this medium. Because they just have such, because this shows how you can really exploit animation to their fullest, but also have phenomenal storytelling in them. And that's what happens when you get creative minds that know what they're doing and understand the characters like Lord and Miller. It continues the theme of, themes of the first movie. Obviously, the first movie dealt with how anyone can wear the mask, and it's a really inspiring film. This movie does not have as much of an inspirational element as the first. There is absolutely 
something there. But this movie deals with how you wear the mask. And that's what make, makes you a hero or not. It's a beautiful thematic continuation of the first movie. And I love that they didn't just pivot completely and try to deal with a completely different idea and lesson that a lot of kids are going to learn from this movie. I like that they took that and continued building on it further. And I'm really curious to see how some people, some Spider-Fan fans who were really in love with the team from the first movie and just thought it was kind of def- kind of a definitive way of telling the Spider-Man story, how they're going to feel about this. But I think a lot of people are going to take it really well. And I think it's what a lot of people wanted from the first movie that they are going to continue here. Every Spider-Person has their common sacrifices and hardships because they're choosing to be selfless. There are so many, so much high, large, but very personal stakes. And this movie very much deals with what it means to be Spider-Man. And I know people say this when every Spider-Man movie comes out, but this more so than any, even into the Spider-Verse. And just the commonalities they have, but it also deals with tropes and it subverts them, not like The Last Jedi, but a way of still showing love towards them, but also taking them very literally. I was actually shocked how far they took that element of the movie. And these movies just have such a clear love and understanding of Spider-Man. They just make me feel so happy that they even exist. But now moving on to the main characters and how their arcs tie into these themes. The MVP of this movie, to me, was Spider-Gwen, voiced by Haley Steinfeld. Because in the first movie, I thought she was a really fun addition. I liked her relationship with Miles and how it kind of subtly continue to develop but in this movie they finally go deep into our character and her scenes might have been my favorite of the entire movie her view inside of this multiverse story how it's impacted her what she's gained from meeting miles and experiencing miles's world was so brilliantly displayed right from the opening scenes and they do go into her backstory they hint at in the first movie but they delve into it here and the consequences of things she's done as Spider-Gwen and kind of the broken side of her character. It's just such an amazing flip on what we expect from Spider-Man. And it absolutely has what you usually expect from a Gwen Stacy, whether that's in comics or live action. All of it's still here. But it deals with, finally, what being a Spider-Man, how being Spider-Man would impact her, as opposed to, say, Miles and Peter. It goes way deeper with what Miles' friendships have meant to her and what she's lost over the course of becoming Spider-Man. Again, that common theme you see with people who become Spider-Man. And it's so well woven together with the rest of the storyline that it's actually hard to imagine how they did. And I actually have no idea. And the, her relationship with Captain Stacy, which has only been subtly hinted at in the trailers, is amazing. And there's one scene between them at the end of the movie, which I think is the best scene of the entire movie. And almost rivals my favorite scene in Into the Spider-Verse, which... I'm not going to reveal here. I might do another episode about that. But I absolutely loved her part in the storyline and that we finally got more of them. This movie is a continuation of the exploration of family dynamics, specifically with Miles. Again, this is a family film where, no exaggeration here, almost the entire first hour is only devoted to family drama, which obviously I love. And the relationships and dialogue feel so authentic Miles' parents and his influence and their influence on Miles as a person. I just love how big of a big of part of Miles' arc that is. And Miles' arc evolves from Into the Spider-Verse. He's now accepted he's Spider-Man. He's taken on the responsibility. 
But again, he hasn't fully identified himself as a hero. As a hero, and what about him is different from the rest of Spider-Man or in Spider-Woman? But the film explores how he'll face these challenges of being lonely and whether he feels worthy as a Spider-Man and what's holding him back. It's a massive journey. It's a massive roller coaster ride that plays through the entire movie, and it's actually resolved a lot more than I was expecting, and it was a pleasant surprise. Miles is not just another Spider-Man, but his story and having to balance the needs of, needs of those closest to him with everyone else in the world, people who he probably doesn't even know, is such a quintessential Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man story. And I'm, I'm so happy that they still managed to play that into this movie, even though it's dealing with a very different cultural context for a Spider-Man. Miles starts to feel like he's more of an equal to his parents and a lot of the adults he meets. And it kind of deals with, in some ways, the growing up of everyone. And I didn't really expect that, not even just in terms of the main characters, who a lot of them are a lot younger, but also Miles' parents and how they evolve as Miles grows up. It goes way deeper than I expected. It's way more character-focused than I think even the trailers let on. And I absolutely loved all of that. Even Miguel O'Hara's arc ties into the idea of family dynamics and how they evolve over time. An ideology battle lies at the main conflict of Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Not an action scene, not a hero versus villain. I want to save, I want to save the world because you're going to blow it up. Not that. It's an ideology, ideological battle. Like It's just unbelievable that it's the main plot of this two-part Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse sequel. And both Gwen and Miles have complete arcs. Their arcs play through the entire movie and they're wrapped up, even if some story threads are left for beyond the Spider-Verse. And the relationship continues to be subtly explored, not as much as I was expecting because of the nature of the story, but with all its needed ups and downs. There's so many amazing payoffs in the final act, but there's also so many heartbreaking moments that the movie leaves off on. There's just a lot of unpredictability. I don't know how you would ever predict the ending of this movie by the time we're at the middle. It goes on such a massive ride. There's so many unexpected moments, unexpected reunions, interactions that the movie doesn't even hint at early on in the movie. And I think the most impressive thing about this movie, wrapping up this way overly long review into just one anecdote, is that there is so much going on in this movie, but it feels linear and understandable and fully coherent. There's so many quick lines of dialogue that you'll miss, but the characters' objectives and thoughts are always so clear and at the center of what's going on. There's so much exposition, but it never gets you tired of the characters' backstories because they're all personalized. Again, it does that, my name is whatever, and goes into here we go again and all that, like we had in the first movie. But again, I just never felt bored of it. And I, I was never at the point of being like, come on, we're, we're, we know this now, can we just move on? Because again, it's all done with so much personalization, so much style, and so much care put into that specific character. And again, it adds to the theme of the commonality of what Spider-Man experiences. Every emotion imaginable is packed into this movie. It tugs at your heartstrings, it makes you want to cry, it makes you laugh. Again, maybe not as much as the first movie, it is a lot darker. And it's, I don't think it's quite as funny as the first, which is one thing that I guess I should mention. But this movie absolutely knocked me out. It is a comic book movie that really left a mark on me by the end, but not only for its superhero action, but for its heart, for its themes, but also, again, for how what it did in terms of its animation and everything that it might introduce to Hollywood. Like, it's really exciting what this movie 
could bring about in terms of a change in animated movies and moving away from the very basic kind of Super Mario Brothers. Again, not to dog on that movie. I enjoyed that movie. But it just, movies like that pale in comparison to something like Across the Spider-Verse. I was speechless as the end credits were playing. I was just stunned walking out. And I'm still thinking about it almost a day later. I cannot wait to see it again. But the, just I just have no idea how it all came together. How all the themes, all the characters, all the universes, all the stakes were pulled together to make a coherent through line that left dangling... And I can't wait to see more of it in the next movie. I did not want this movie to end. I wish I could have experienced a film like this as just a little kid. It was just 12 years ago when I was a little kid. And I could have watched this movie. I just could not. This movie would have been, bar none, my favorite movie of all time at that age. Like This is just, it's everything. Like This is what every Spider-Man fan, I think, never could have imagined in their wildest dreams. But yet, always had an inkling of wanting to see I loved this movie. It was perfect. The only mix thing I can say is a part one. It leaves on a cliffhanger. But to me, that is such a small thing I noticed from this movie. Just as a whole, the experience left me with so much to think about, so much to ponder, and so much to remember back on. I absolutely loved it in every way. And I truly believe this movie should be considered for Best Picture. Not even just nominated. And I know we're five months into the year. But I really hope that a lot of the awards bodies consider nominating this movie and giving recognition to and consider giving the award to this film. Because I think it does so much for the for film, but also still has everything that a movie that's beloved by critics and audiences alike needs. It has laughs, it has emotion, it has heart, it has themes, it has great action, it has everything you could possibly want. And it's never boring. It is so entertaining. Like it's hard, really hard to describe this movie. Like it has absolutely everything. I loved Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. It was one of the best experiences I've ever had at the theater. It's one of the most memorable I'll ever have in my life. I cannot wait to see it again. And for all of you to see it in the next few days and hear more about it from everyone who sees it. I'm going to give Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse an A+. As much as I've loved other movies this year, like especially Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, John Wick Chapter 4, Air, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is bar none the best movie of the year, one of the best animated movies ever made, one of the best comic book movies ever made, and one of the most, def- like, just almost like medium-defining sequels I've ever seen. This is a must-watch in theaters Opening weekend, as soon as you can, drop everything you're doing if the movie's out. Go out and see this movie, and you'll absolutely want to go back multiple times. Get the movie when it comes out on home media. Just buy it on every format you can to get more and more of this experience and just pick everything apart about the animation, about what the writers put in here. This movie is a special experience. Thank you guys so much for listening to this very overly long review. I'll catch you all next time. Bye-bye.